you're tuning in to Taz Encounters on Faith FM and be coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, and that's on 87.6, 87.8, and 88.0. And you can also catch us through Faith FM app or the Faith FM website, that is faithfm.com.au. Uh, today we have Rako Challenge joining us from Bernie, and every Wednesday Rako presents his series 3MJ with the 3M standing for movement, message, and mission, and J for Jesus. 3M, J, movement, message, and mission of Jesus. Welcome, Rako. Good morning, Tabitha. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you today? Yeah, good, thanks. Rako, um, I've been wondering, how did you become a pastor? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a journey. Usually when you talk to any minister, there's a journey. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm satisfied that I grew up in a Christian home, and uh, w- when I was in high school, I actually wanted to become a history teacher, mm. and uh, I studied uh, Bachelor of Arts after I finished high school. Uh, family moved from Sydney all the way up to Queensland in Bundaberg, uh, where my parents are still there today, mm-hmm. and uh, I studied for four years. Uh, I wanted to become a teacher, mm. but uh, I, I kind of studied the wrong degree. I should have studied education, but I did a BA. I should have done it um, together uh, with education. But then after that, I went overseas to South Korea. And then while I was in South Korea, uh, I was teaching conversational English at a language institute. And then I got a job at a university, uh, an Adventist university, mm-hmm. teaching English, not uh, not grammatical English. I'm not smart to do that. That's too difficult. <laughs> but just conversation, teaching it to freshmen. And at the same time that the uh, Adventist university was uh, introducing uh, master classes to foreigners uh, mm-hmm. like myself. And so I began studying theology there. Mm-hmm. And it was such an awesome class because we had people from all different parts of the world, people from the Philippines, people from England, people from Russia, Nigeria, and Mm. we're all in this one class. And so you get to really learn about uh, God's church around different parts of the world. And uh, things began to change in me where I should do ministry more. I mean, even before before I started that class, I began starting to think about these things. And uh, it was a bit of a trial because it came to the point in my life where I didn't enjoy teaching English anymore. Mm. Uh, And I understand there are things that we sometimes have to do we don't enjoy. And all I wanted to do is ministry, ministry, ministry. And uh, I remember applying for jobs to different parts of the world, uh, Australia, USA, Canada, the UK, uh, even uh, South Africa, you know, all these uh, countries where there's English speaking, and sometimes you would never even receive a response. Mm. Was that to be a minister? Yeah, to be a minister, to to work there. And I understand a lot of the times it's not about what you know, but who you know. (laughs) And that's I believe that's very true. And it was very challenging. Um, I was getting depressed. And I remember I was 25. I got really depressed to the stage where one time I said, you know, God, you don't even exist. And I had that thought for about six seconds, and I said, Reiko, what are you saying? Mm. Um, and I repented, and, and and I just had a very low moment. And I remember there was a pastor that was passing through uh, Korea because he had a son that uh, worked in Korea, and uh, he was from Australia. So he was passing through Korea to visit his son while going to work in the island mission of the Adventist Church. 
And I had a chat with him because we invited um, him over to our place for lunch on Sabbath and his wife. And I said to him, Pastor, I feel like... uh, I feel like Jacob, where I'm wrestling with God. Mm. And uh, then he said to to me that, uh, uh, and I said to him, I just don't want my hip to be taken out of place (laughs) because I don't want to walk with a limp for the rest of my life. And uh, because that's what happened to Jacob (laughs) after he wrestled uh, with God. And he then said to me this, I'll never forget. He said, Mm. do you know uh, why his hip had to be taken out of place? <laughs> I said, mm-hmm. why? He said, so he can drop on his knees. Mm-hmm. And, and that really had an impact on me, dropping on your knees, you know, surrendering to God, praying to God, and God taking care of things. And uh, soon after I finished my studies, uh, God took me, uh, talk, not just me, but also my wife. Uh, I was married by this time. I, I I met my wife, Elise, in South Korea. She's from South Africa originally, and uh, her family was there as missionaries. And so we got married, and then God took us to Taiwan. And uh, while I was in Taiwan, that was a challenging time. It wasn't easy. I was really excited. I was young, uh, 25, 26, around that age, and we were there for two years. And, And to be honest, I never, after that two years, I never wanted to do ministry again. Uh, I had a bit of a Jonah experience. I uh, never wanted to do God's work again. And I was dead serious with that. Uh, but we came back home and long story short, uh, I had this passion and zeal to just keep on doing God's work. And, you know, God's been good. And I've been now in the ministry here in Australia for about, oh, I need to, oh, it's been about nine to ten years now. Praise um, God Doing for God's that. work. Yeah. Amen. Okay, just to remind our listeners of um, our show number, it's zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Um, text us any questions, any comments you may have, any feedback. We'd love hearing from you, and we'll also have a listener question for you. Um, so, Rocco, where do where do we go from here? Last time we talked about Jesus Christ in the outer court with the Greeks, and he had a personal interview with them, and we looked at John chapter 12, verses 20 to 50. It was a long passage of scripture. Mm. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about deception in the last days and false Christ. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we should pray before we begin. Tabitha, would you like to start us with prayer today? Sure. Um, Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for the Mm. gift of life. We thank you for good health. We thank you for our loved ones, Father, and your blessings. And as we we also thank you for this program. And as we are going to get into it, Father, I pray that you may be with us, that everything may go smoothly um, from the technical parts. And um, also I pray that as Jaco is going to speak to your people, that they may... Um, listen to your word, Father. May you speak through Rako. Um, may your Holy Spirit move him, and uh, may you may he speak not what he desires, but what you desire, and mm. what your people should hear. And may we all listen and um, do according to your will in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. So let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter twenty-four, mm-hmm. and uh, if if you. Talk to a Christian, um, not so much a non-Christian, but if you talk to a Christian and you mention Matthew 24, mm-hmm. uh, the first thing that usually comes to their mind is this is a chapter dealing with signs that are going to happen before Jesus Christ comes back again. Mm. And, and there are also some other chapters that go hand in hand with Matthew 24 in the Gospel books, and this is Mark 13 mm-hmm. and Luke 17 and Luke chapter 21. Mm. So 
we, we've got a bit to cover today, and uh, let's go into Matthew 24, verse 1. Just keep in mind, Jesus laments over Jerusalem prior to this. He had yeah. an interview with the Greeks in the outer court. And then notice what happens next. Matthew 24, verse 1. Please read. Okay. The title is, Jesus Predicts the Destruction of the Temple. Um, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus Thank you. said, "So, so I know there's more to read, but let's yeah. just go verse by verse. I, I usually Sorry. like going verse by verse because you know sometimes we read and, and we're not really meditating and pondering upon what's been said here. So you know, I, I don't want to be rude by interrupting you. Um, but I, should, he, I should have remembered. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But here you see how the disciples came up to show him. That's Jesus, the buildings of the temple. This is the temple in Jerusalem, mm. and." The temple was really the pride and joy of the Jewish nation. Yeah. And when you read Mark's account, Mark 13, verse 1, it says, Teacher, this is what the disciples are saying, Teacher, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. So they're pretty impressed. And uh, you have Josephus, he's a Jewish historian, and he talks about this temple, and he says that the stone walls of the temple was to the beauty of a snow-covered mountain. Mm-hmm. He even gives us the dimensions of uh, of some of the stones, the size. So it was, and I'm just looking at my notes here, in feet it was 66 feet by 7 feet by 9 feet, and in meters that is 20 meters by 2.1 meters by 2.7 meters. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's just talking about one stone. You know, so the temple was very impressive and these disciples were impressed and I'm sure we would have been impressed as well. So read verse two now, please. Verse two. Um, and Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. What is Jesus really saying here, Tabitha? He's saying that the temple will be destroyed. Wow. Imagine you were a disciple and you hear this. Mm. What? This is the pride and joy of the mm. Jewish nation? Mm. This, is a, this is a prophecy that's going to happen. And, and the Tsar of Ages on page 628 says that when Christ's words had been spoken here, mm. it was spoken in the hearing of a large number of people. Um, but then later on, he was alone when he talked about signs that are going to happen before he comes back again. Mm. A- and uh, we know that down the track, some 40 years down the track in AD 70, not only was the temple destroyed, but also the city was destroyed too. Mm. And um, I think we're going to have to take a break and come back and continue this. Okay, that's right. Um, so that means we ask the listener question in the next section. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to listen to this song called King of Kings by Caleb and Kelsey. In the darkness we were waiting Without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory To a cradle in the dirt Praise the Father Praise the 
reconcile the lost to redeem the whole creation you did not despise the cross for even in your suffering you saw to the other side knowing this was our salvation Jesus for our sake you died is King of Kings by Caleb and Kelsey and you're listening to Tazi Encounters with Jaco Chellet and um, yeah we are talking about the signs of the end times and just before we continue I have the a listener question for listeners um, have you ever met a person claiming to be Jesus Christ or a person claiming to be a prophet. Um, please text us your responses to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Text us if you've ever met anyone claiming to be Christ or claiming to be a prophet and what your experience was. So Rako, where do we go from here? Yeah, let's continue with uh, Matthew twenty four verse three. So we've just talked about how uh, the Jesus prophesied that one day the temple would be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And now read verse uh, 3 of Matthew 24, please. Um, the title, these are different titles, uh, and it is The Signs of the Times and the End of the Age. Mm. Now, as he sat on Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Thank you. Now, it, it looks like all of the disciples are there on the Mount of Olives, but when you go to Mark's account, you only had four out of the 12 disciples that were there. You had Peter mm-hmm. and Andrew, James and John. And it's interesting, Peter and Andrew, they were brothers and they were fishermen. And uh, James and John, the sons of Thunder, they were also brothers and they were fishermen. Mm-hmm. And I want you to picture this. They're on the slope of the Mount of Olives. And uh, 
as you're sitting there, you can see Jerusalem and you can see the temple. And we are told that it was some 91 meters higher than the temple. Mm. And how many questions did these disciples ask Jesus Christ? If we look at the verse again, how many questions? Two questions. Three. Three questions. Three questions. Yeah. Okay, not two, but three. Yeah. Um, Number one, when will these things be? This is in relation to the temple. Mm. Um, Number two, what will be the sign Mm. of your coming? Mm -hmm. And number three? The end of the age. The end of the age. I'm just wondering, is in the time Jesus is coming, is in the time of Jesus coming the end of the age? Okay, the end of the world, right? Yeah. Now, it is interesting because the Jews believed that the Messiah would appear for a little time and then he'll kind of go away and then reappear again. Uh-huh. And uh, this was part of Jewish writings, and I'm sure that the Jews or these, these disciples were influenced by some of these things. Mm. And what we're going to see here is that Jesus, he's going to talk about uh, the destruction of the temple in mm. Jerusalem, mm. and uh, he's also going to talk about events leading up to his second coming, and he's going to put these things like together. Mm. And, and I will I will talk more about this. But first of all, mm. uh, they came to Jesus, and they came to Jesus privately, um, and they asked him these questions: When will these things be? That's the first question in relation to the temple. Now, do you know that in the book of Daniel, chapter nine, verse twenty-six and twenty-seven, there was a prophecy already that in the future one day, not only the temple but also the city of Jerusalem would be destroyed. Mm. And in these of ages, uh, page six hundred twenty-seven, it says this: the stones of the temple were of the purest marble of perfect whiteness, and some of them of almost fabulous size, and we've already touched on that. Mm. A portion of the wall had withstood the siege by Nebuchadnezzar's army. This is going back to the book of Daniel. Mm. In its perfect masonry, it appeared like one solid stone dug in tie from the quarry. How these mighty walls could be overthrown, the disciples could not comprehend. This would have been difficult. And uh, someone said that if these disciples uh, spoke about this in the open, um, about the temple, which was the pride and joy of the Jewish nation, this would have been seen as treason. Mm. But also they talked about what will be the sign of your coming. Mm. And this word coming is the Greek word parousia, which actually means presence, arrival. And this was something that was commonly used for when an emperor or a king would appear. You know, parousia, the coming. I want us to read a few Bible verses here in Matthew 24, Mm -hmm. um, where this word coming does appear. And this word coming, parousia, it only appears in the Gospel book of Matthew. It doesn't appear in the other Gospel books. And I think Paul does write about it um, in his writings. But go to Matthew 24 and please read verse 27, please. Okay, verse 27, it says, For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. There you go. Coming of the Son of Man. And then we drop down to verse 37. Please read verse 37. Verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. And verse 39. Verse 39. And did not know. Well, that's talking about Noah's time. And and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Hmm. As as I said before, there was this popular belief that when the Messiah would come, he would disappear for a time, 
and then he would reappear again and no one would know where he came from. Um, but that's that's not in the scripture. Mm. Um, and it also mentions here what will be the end of the age or the end of the world. Um, have you ever heard these phrases, uh, the beginning of the time of the end and the end of time? Yes, I have. Are they that one and the same thing or are they different from one another? Please repeat again. <laughs> <laughs> so you got two phrases, the beginning of the time of the end. Yeah. And then you also have the end of time. Is no, it no, s- no, no. It's, it's not, not the same thing. thing. No. no. Um, we don't have time to get into this, but when you go to the book of Daniel, it talks there about uh, uh, the time of the end. And uh, when you compare Daniel 7 and Daniel chapter 12, the beginning of the time of the end uh, begins when the Antichrist power received a deadly wound. Mm. And uh, when we study prophecy and history, this this was in 1798. So mm. that is the beginning of the time of the end. And the end of time is when Jesus Christ comes back again. Mm. And I'll never uh, forget, one preacher said this, well, the beginning of the time of the end, in America you have uh, Thanksgiving Day when you buy a turkey. And when you buy the turkey, it's like... T- Well, that's the beginning of the time of the end. And just before the turkey is going to be uh, killed, (laughs) it's the end of time for the turkey. Mm. So here there is this thing about in relation to the end of the world. And what's so amazing is that Jesus Christ, he's going to blend two events together. Mm. What do I mean by that? Events leading up to the destruction of Jerusalem, there are signs uh, that are going to happen it's going to be very similar with signs that are going to happen leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Mm. Things that happened leading up to the destruction of Jerusalem will foreshadow, it will be a pattern, a type of what will happen in the future. Mm. And in the book, The Great Controversy, on page 25, it, it mentions this, um, where the, the prophecy which he, that's Jesus, uttered was twofold in its meaning, while foreshadowing the destruction of Jerusalem, it prefigured also the terrors of the last great day. And that's also our giveaway today, isn't it, Tabitha? The book, it The is, Great yeah. Controversy. Yeah. And, and would you like to uh, give the code or you give that later, do you? I'll give that later. Okay, you yeah. give that later. You know, I would really recommend that book, The Great Controversy. Um, I believe there's five volumes well, there, there's, there's, there's actually, um, you have what you call the history of redemption, mm. and there's five books in total, yeah. uh, and that really explains a whole great controversy. So, mm. the first volume is known as uh, Patriarchs and Prophets, mm. and then Prophets and Kings, and then you have the Desire of Ages about Jesus, and then you have the Acts of the Apostles about the early Christian church and what Paul went through, mm. and then you have the great controversy, and the great controversy uh, it talks about the the first chapter is actually about the destruction uh, mm. of Jerusalem and then it talks about the Protestant reformers and then it talks about events that are going to happen before Christ comes back again mm. but I'll tell you what I think is cool about those five books mm-hmm. um, it's written by one author and Patriarchs and Prophets uh, it begins there with some uh, preliminaries and then chapter one begins on page 33 and it begins with these three words God is love. Mm. And then, uh, Great Controversy is the last book in this five-volume set, and uh, the last page is page 678. And guess what the last three words are? 
God is love, you know, because we are living, you know, we're going to be really, I feel like we're not even really scratching things here yet in Matthew 24, Um, but as we dive into this, yeah, there's going to be events that are going to happen in the end time, but whatever we study in Scripture, whatever teaching doctrine, it always must correspond with that statement that God is love, you know. So let's move on, um, and let's go to Matthew chapter 24 and verse Verse 4, please. Verse 4, it says, um, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Thank you for for reading that. So here, uh, before we just go for our break, Mm. um, Jesus was asked three questions, and then he responds by saying, Take heed or be careful, be on guard that no man does what to you? Deceives you. Deceives you. Did Jesus answer any one of those three questions that he was asked initially? No. No. It's like you saying, it's like me, um, or it's like you saying to me, Raiko, how are you today? And I say to you, the sky is blue. (laughs) But I I never answered your question. (laughs) And uh, we're going to have to... um, we're going to have to take a break and then yeah. come back and talk more about deception. All right. Um, before we go for a break, I just want to echo the listener question again. Um, have you ever met a person claiming to be Jesus Christ or anyone claiming to be a prophet? Please text us your answers to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We'd love to hear your experiences. We are going to listen to this song called Jesus the Lord my Savior is by Chelsea Moon.
That is the Jesus, the Lord, my Savior, is by Chelsea Moon. And you're listening to Thousand Encounters with Rako Chellet. And um, just before we went for a break, we read about the coming of um, false prophets who will deceive many. And I posed a question to our listeners um, if they've ever had an encounter with someone claiming to be Christ or a false prophet. And I'm still waiting for your responses. Um, yes. So, Rako, where else do we go from here? Uh, we've just uh, read about take heed that no man deceives you. And uh, this word deceive in the original language means to deceive or to roam from safety or to roam from truth, to go astray, to seduce, to wander. And let me ask you a question, Tabitha. Where did deception begin? Um, it was before the coming of Jesus. Okay, the bef- before the first coming of Jesus. Okay, um, prior to that? Yes. Or prior to that. <clears throat> um, so, who who is, uh, do we see deception in the oh, Garden of yeah, Eden? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, that's right, the devil, yeah. Satan, yeah. <laughs> that's right, had a bit of a blank moment, didn't I you, was, there? Yeah, I was thinking about the, um, not the Old Testament, but, um, yeah, just thinking of other stories in the Bible, Simon and, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, there's deception all throughout Scripture, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, um, and we see that we see deception in the Garden of Eden there, yeah. um, where the devil said to Eve, "Surely you are not going to die." Mm. Now we know that Eve did later on; she did pass away, she did die. Mm. But the first deception we really read about is up in heaven, mm. and there's going to be false Christ in the future, and there's going to be. Um, there's going to be false prophets, mm. and Satan's going to have his agents. And the Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 14 and 15, and no wonder for Satan himself transforms into an angel of light. And then as you continue reading, it says, and there is no wonder that he also has those who are um, ministers, and they transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. So we should not be surprised. Mm. And so, you know, we're talking about signs that are going to happen, but deception is something that, hey, we we need to be on guard on. Mm. And can you please uh, go to Revelation chapter 12 mm-hmm. and uh, read verse 7, please. Yep. Re- Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. Um, the title is Satan Thrown Out of Heaven. Mm. And, war, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. And as we continue reading, we read how the dragon and his angels did not prevail, and they were cast out. Mm. And you read that in verse 9. And the dragon is just another name. This is a symbolic book. Mm. The dragon is another name for the devil, or Satan. Mm. And uh, Michael is another name for Jesus. Jesus has many titles. He's Mm. the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He's the first, the last. He's the Redeemer, the Savior. So Jesus has many names. And Michael just means who is like God. It's not a question, it's a statement. And so there was this war that took place up in heaven. And this word for war, when you look at it in the original language, it actually means a war of ideas and accusations and insinuations. Mm. And in the same chapter, can you please read uh, verse 3 and then the first part of verse 4, please? 
Okay. And and another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. He still drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. Thank you. So, in verse three, it's a it's a it's a really interesting description of this dragon. How many heads uh, he has, and uh, this this gets more expanded on when you study Revelation seventeen. We don't have time to get there, but here you have the dragon, and his tail drew a third of the stars. Mm. This is a symbolic book in the Bible. Stars represent angels. How do we know that? Revelation one verse twenty. But it says his tail drew a third of the stars. Now, mm. do you know what tail represents in the Bible? Um, tail the end. Okay, yeah, it's the end. <laughs> but uh, you know, when we when we study scripture, we compare scripture with scripture. Yeah. And Isaiah chapter nine verse fifteen, ta- um, it tells us that that tail represents lies. Mm. And so the devil he lied to all the angels, but only a third there they were deceived and they were cast out. Mm. And so he's the master deceiver and he's the father of lies, as the Bible says in John 8, I believe it's either 840 or 844. Mm. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been deceived by someone? Yes, I have. <laughs> Maybe by your parents, uh, hopefully yeah. not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like by small lies, but yeah. <laughs> uh, relatives, friends, teachers, uh, hopefully, hopefully not teachers. Um, but. Have you have you ever deceived someone yourself? Mm, I believe I have. Okay, mm. um, you gotta think about that. Okay, <laughs> I know I have done it many many times. You know, I've deceived my father. I've stolen money from him. I only confessed it when I was about thirty. Later on, mm. he said to me, "Oh, Raiko, don't do that again." <laughs> mm. But sometimes we can be deceived, and we don't even know ourselves that we are being deceived. Mm. And uh, let's go back to Matthew chapter twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Matthew 24, we read verse 4 about where it says, Take heed that no one deceives you. Notice it mentions deceive. Mm-hmm. And then in verse 5, For many will come in my name, saying, And I am Christ, and will again deceive mm-hmm. many. Read verse 11, please, same chapter. Mm-hmm. Then many, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. There's that word again, deceive. Let's go to verse 24. Please read that for us. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So, we see this word, deceive, 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 appearing like four times mm. in, in, this, in this chapter alone. Mm. Um, one person said this, if your mother tells you once, and, and by the way, we see that there's repetition, and when there's something being repeated by Jesus, it's really trying to emphasize a point. Yep. Right? Mm. So, if your mother tells you once you better listen. Mm. If she tells you twice, you better pay attention. Mm. If she tells you three times, you better get scared. Mm. If she tells you a, f- a fourth time, you run for your life. Mm. Trouble. <laughs> and so, and there's trouble. And so there's deception here, and it's also associated with um, false Christs and false prophets. And in verse 24, we see false Christs and false prophets. They're joined together. It's, it's like it's, it's working together. Um, let, let's continue. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to Matthew chapter 24, mm-hmm. and uh, let's read verse 5. I know we've read it, but let's read it again. Okay. Um, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Okay. 
How many will come saying that I am Christ? Many. Many. Question. How do we define the word many? More than a few. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't, don't get too nervous, you know, uh, when, when I'm asking questions. And if you make a mistake, that's okay. We all make mistakes. I make mistakes too. Yeah. So many is a large number. Or... Yeah. A majority of people. Yeah. Now, let me ask another question. Mm. How many true messiahs or true Christ are there? Because the word Messiah and Christ is synonymous with one another. It means mm. the anointed one, the chosen one. How many true Christs are there? One. There's only one, mm. which is Jesus, yeah. right? Jesus Christ. Jesus the Christ. So, imagine, imagine um, there are two people claiming to be Christ. One of them is Jesus. He is the true Christ. And then another person, that's 50-50, isn't it? Mm. So, if a third person gets up and claims to be Christ and they're not, that's already many. Mm. Okay? So, you're, because there's only one person. So, if you have two or more, mm. um, that's already many. Mm-mm. Okay? Yeah. Now, I believe there's more than two that have claimed to be um, the Messiah when we look at history, and I want to share some of these things. Mm. Y- you know, Mark 13, verse 6, do you have that open there as well? I do. Can you please read that for us? It's the parallel account with Matthew 24. Mm. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and will deceive many. When it says here, I am he, what do you notice about the word he? It's um, H, the H is in cap, capital, and that means, I believe that means Christ. Yeah, or it's it is me, cr- like me. Okay, it is, it's talking about Christ. It's Christ, yeah. But do you notice that the word um, he, capital H-E, um, capital H-E, it is italicized? Oh, yes. So, if it's italicized, what does that mean? It was added. It was added, right, by the translators. Don't ask me why they did this. We know in the context it's still talking about Jesus. But really what it's saying, for many will come in my name saying, I am. And he will deceive many. Now, when you hear that phrase, I am, what's the first thing that pops into your mind, knowing the Bible and the Old Testament? I am. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you remember Jesus, this? God, yes, talking to Moses, saying, I am who I am. Exactly, you got it. Spot on, Tabitha. Okay, Good spot on. on. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> uh, if I if I was there physically, I would have pat you on the back. <laughs> high so, five. <laughs> high five. So remember, you had, as you said, God said to Moses, "This is the burning bush. I am who I say I am." And that phrase, "I am," in the Greek, it's "ego emi." In the Hebrew, "I am," it is. Yahweh, which is transliterated into English as Jehovah. And what does this mean? This means self-existent, pre-existent, eternal one. I am. You know, you know, it's interesting. I don't want to get into this now. But in John chapter 18, when Jesus is arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, he also says, I am. And you have the army and uh, the religious leaders, they fall backwards. Okay, so this is actually really important because people are going to say, I am. What's that? Christ, Messiah, self-existent, pre-existent, eternal one. Mm, I think it's I time believe. for a break, isn't it? Yes. yes. Um, yeah, we're going to go for a break. Um, but, and uh, after the break, I'm going to give the code to today's offer, which is the great controversy. Um, right now, we're going to listen to this song, Tradition by The Remnant.
In the Holy Bible it tells of a day When the beast will rule among us And many shall fall away Famine, war and desolation Nation rising against nation Trouble everywhere you turn Cause in the time of Noah In the days before the flood The love of many will wax cold And streets will run with blood Rape, murder, grief and sorrow Just like Sodom and Gomorrah This world's gonna burn I believe that we are living in the days John wrote about The end times are upon us And of that there is no doubt Get your mind out of the world Take your Bible off the shelf Read the book of Revelation for yourself When that flaming star comes down Tribulation When the seven seals are broken And the seven vows are open And seven trumpets sound Da 
That is tradition by the remnant, and you're listening to Tazi Encounters with Draco Challenge. Um, and just before we went for a break, I promised to give you the code to today's offer, and the offer code is 3MJ3. Text 3MJ3 to 048880891 to get the book, The Great Controversy, The Global War on Freedom. You don't want to miss that. It's a very interesting book and um, very fascinating, really. So much to learn from that book. So, Rako, um, what do you have for us? I believe we are about to... We are running out of time, actually. Yeah, that's always my biggest problem, by the way. Um, And... uh, there will be m- many false Christs and many will be deceived. Notice, many and many is majority. Mm. And uh, imagine there were a hundred people mm-hmm. and the least amount of many, if many is seen as majority, would be 51. Mm. Okay, So 51 people deceived out of a hundred, there's still 49 people left over. Mm. You know what's interesting? We don't have time and later on, I think in the next episode or the episode after that, when we um, talk about there's 49 out of out of a hundred left over, even they're going to be deceived by false prophets, mm. right? And so Satan, when you study Matthew 24, the last thing that Satan's really going to use is false prophets to deceive God's people. Mm. And of course, um, I believe he will also impersonate the coming of Christ. Mm. But uh, when we look at the Bible, in the first century, in Acts chapter 5, uh, it mentions two people, mm-hmm. Theodas and Judas of Galilee. It doesn't mention that they were claiming to be messiahs, but commentaries say that uh, these people were claiming to be messiahs. Mm-hmm. And also in Acts chapter 8, verses 9 to 11, you read about Simon the sorcerer. And uh, Irenaeus, he writes about this man, he is known as Simon Magus, that he was glorified by many as if he were a god. Mm-hmm. And uh, he claimed to be the incarnation of divine power. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Mm. Um, 1 John 2.18, little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming even now, many Antichrists have come, mm. by which we know that it is the last hour. It's interesting, um, even in that book, Desire of Ages, on page 628, leading up to the destruction of the city of Jerusalem, there were a number of people who claimed to be the Messiah, but they were false. And uh, we see that there were a number of Jewish Messiah claimants, and uh, I don't have time to go through all of these, but just uh, around 4 BC, 4 to 2 BC, there were about uh, three people who were Jews claiming to be the Messiah. And that's interesting because Jesus would have been born around 4 or 3 BC based on a biblical prophecy in Daniel 9 and Luke chapter 3 when we look at a few things. So you can see how how Satan is trying to counterfeit everything. Mm. And then after the life of Christ, you have Theodas around AD 44 to 46. Um, uh, he was also claiming uh, there's this claim of you know, being a Messiah. And then Vespasian around AD 70, all of these things before the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. But then there have also been Christian Messiah claimants, especially in the 20th uh, and 21st century. And I have here in front of me, I have my own notes, I have about 16, uh, 16 people. Mm. Um, and, and I've put them in pretty much and tried to put them in a chronological order. Mm. And w- all I can say is this, uh, that... Since the beginning of the time of the end, there have been false 
Christ or false messiahs, it's not just in one geographical area, but it's all throughout the world. Mm. Um, and, and Satan is really working hard, um, and, and it's global. And uh, it's interesting, in Revelation 13, it talks about a beast, and it says, And all the world marveled and followed the beast. And uh, that beast, it's a political power, but it's also a religious power. It's, it's a religio-political church-state power. Mm. And uh, uh, as Adventists, uh, when we have... Uh, when we talk about this, we look at the characteristics and we identify it also as uh, uh, the, the papacy. And I want to make this very clear. God has his people in the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's interesting, their leader, uh, the Pope, and uh, in their writings, they say that he's the vicar of Christ, which means he's the substitute or replacement of Jesus Christ. And during the Dark Ages and Middle Ages, uh, there's even statements where every th- all the names that have applied to Jesus uh, apply to the Pope. Now, I, I respectfully disagree with that. Mm. So, Satan is working really hard, and in that book, The Great Controversy, it says uh, on page pages 624 to 625, which is our giveaway today, mm. it says, as the crowning act in the great drama of deception, Satan himself will personate Christ. Uh, In different parts of the earth, Satan will manifest himself among men as a majestic being of dazzling brightness, resembling the description of the Son of God given by John in the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 1, verses 13 to 15. And, you know, people will prostrate before him, and and they will be adored. But, you know, the Bible tells us that when Christ comes back, he's not going to touch the ground. We're going to meet him up in the air. And he talks about, in this in in this. um, same book, The Great Controversy, um, it talks about that God's people, I mean, he, he's going to try and deceive, and this is, uh, he's going to even, you know, the way he's going to use his voice is going to be gentle and everything, and, and it says that this is a strong, almost overmastering delusion, but God's people will not be misled, because... Only those who have been diligent students of the scriptures and who have received the love of the truth will be shielded from the powerful delusion that takes the world captive. Mm-hmm. By the Bible testimony, these will detect the deceiver in his disguise. And I want you to know this. It's not just having a knowledge of truth and knowledge of the Bible, but it's also having a love for God, a love for the truth. And so they will not be deceived. So mm-hmm. we, we, we see that there are Jewish Messiah claimants that are false and Christian Messiah claimants that are false. I mean, if we don't want to be deceived, we want to, we want to know the scriptures. The opposite of deception is, uh, honesty, trustability, um, trustworthiness, integrity. And, um, I have this one picture where you have the word trust, Mm -hmm. and the first letter is T, and the last letter is T, trust. And the first letter, T, it's kind of like uh, it's made bigger, and it looks like a cross, and the last letter is T, and it's made to be bigger like a cross. You know, you want... You want to come to Jesus. You can trust Him. Jesus loves you. He doesn't want you to be deceived. You can trust Him um, and with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. Um, thank you so much for that beautiful message. And I encourage our listeners to text 3MJ3 to 0488880891 to get this book, The Great Controversy, The Global War on Freedom. You don't want to miss. It's a very, very interesting book. Um, so, Rako, what do you have for us next week? 
Uh, next week, we're going to be looking at uh, signs that are going to be leading up to the destruction of Jerusalem, and then we will also make application with signs leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Okay, and tomorrow we have Peter Watts with his program um, series Searching for Certainty, and Peter will be talking about the rest of the story. Thank you to all our listeners for listening to us today, and uh, we believe you've been. We hope you, you've been blessed uh, with today's message, and I hope you enjoyed the rest of your day.